the Lord and good day to you and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church. So glad to be with you today gathered around God's precious and holy words of life, light, and liberty. Nothing like God's word in all the world, nothing at all. So we're going to dig into this today, this great topic of the secret and the fear of the Lord. And our God's going to show us some great truths today that will help us to see a, 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 a greater light that he's promised this path he put us on would shine more and more <coughs> until that perfect day. And today's going to be one of those days that he guides us further into the truth. He shows it to us. He imparts it in our hearts as he's able to guide us into it. His desire is that we walk in the truth and that the truth be our focus. The truth is his son, <coughs> excuse me, and what his son did for us at Calvary. And again, this, this grand and this beautiful topic of the secret of the Lord and the fear of the Lord all tied together will help you tremendously if you'll get your Bibles and follow along with us and understand that Christ Jesus and what he did at Calvary is the focus that we have been given of the Lord when we were born again, vision, and that vision becomes greater with more and more clarity as we continue to behold that which we beheld the very first time we ever saw with the spiritual eyes we were given, and that's the Lamb of God slain on Calvary's cross for us. Hallelujah. So today is going to be the secret and the fear of the Lord, part seven. <clears throat> and uh, so grab your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 19. And while you're doing that, I'll give you time to get your Bibles and get turned there to Proverbs chapter 19. While you're doing that, let me remind you that we have a website, thecrosswaychurch.com. There's a store icon there. Click on the store icon. Go inside the, the website uh, store and see the commentaries that are there for you. And uh, there will be more in the days ahead. Angel Peace has a music CD that's very, very good and prophetic. And uh, my favorite song on that CD is Planted Deep which is a very prophetic song that she wrote. She wasn't trying to be prophetic, just used of the Lord because her heart is wrapped around the sacrifice of Christ, and I'm so thankful for that. And uh, so everything we do is uploaded to the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, and uh, the services on Wednesday and Sunday are broadcast live uh, on the Crossway Church, Queen City, Texas Facebook page and that YouTube channel. So I encourage you to uh, go there. There's more there than you'll be able to listen to if you start listening now uh, until the Lord comes. There's plenty of, 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 of messages and teachings there, worship services on the YouTube channel for you to listen to till the Lord comes. And I'm thankful for uh, him giving us the avenue to to publish all that he's given us to publish. And so we're just excited about moving into the holiday season right now as we prepare to spend time with family and focus on the, the, the Lord God of heaven coming to this earth to save us, being born of a, a, a woman conceived of the Holy Spirit, 
born of the Virgin Mary, our God became a man to save all men. And I'm thankful for what this season's all about. Hallelujah. The greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. Today, let's look at something else. These, the first six sessions have been phenomenal with the, with the truths that the Holy Spirit uh, has given us in this study concerning the secret and the fear of the Lord. And uh, I know I told you to turn to, to Proverbs, but I want to quote for us uh, our springboard scripture, if you will, that began this series and really is the overall covering for this series, and that's Psalms 25 and 14. It will help you tremendously if you will allow the Holy Spirit uh, to get your attention with it many times along this walk. And Psalms 25, 14 reads in this manner, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him, and them He shows His covenant. To them He shows His covenant. It is a profound Bible verse. They all are, the whole Word of God. But some of these scriptures show us that it's, it's the fear of the Lord that brings in view the covenant. And, and the covenant, Jesus said, is in his blood. It's in him being slain as the lamb. That's the new covenant. That's what Jesus said that the new covenant is in his blood. It's in him being slain. It's in him dying. It's really in his blood that's able to wash all sin away. And I'm thankful to know that today. So the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he shows them, he reveals to them, he makes known to them, nobody else, his covenant. So there has to be the fear of the Lord in your heart. <clears throat> and if you're watching me right now and you did not listen, you have not heard the last session, you desperately need to go and listen to the last session that we saw in the scriptures where that you can fear the Lord and it not be the fear of the Lord. In the old covenant, I won't teach it again. You're going to be challenged to go back and listen to it. It was part six of this series that you can fear God and fear other gods. You can fear God and serve idols. You can fear God and, and, and worship false gods, false idols. You, you can fear God and, and fear other things, value other things, because that's what the fear of the Lord is. It is really the, 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 a desire to value God in the way he should be desired, the way he should be seen, the way he should be uh, viewed, the way he is. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is to, to, to depart from evil. And as we saw in the last session, uh, Israel feared the Lord, but they feared other gods, which was a, a sin. It was wicked and evil. So it, there's a difference between fearing God and the fear of the Lord. There's a difference between fearing the Lord and having the fear of the Lord. And the difference is, we brought it out in Isaiah 11, verse 2, that the spirit of the Lord 
was resting upon Christ when he came. Get this now. And one of the attributes listed by Isaiah in chapter 11, verse 2, one of the attributes, one of the workings of the Holy Spirit, if you will, is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. This is the the Lord's fear. This is the, the Lord's value, his worth. So again, go back and listen to part six if you missed it because many today fear God, but it's not the fear of God. Many today fear the Lord, but it's not the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the working of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit. You need to go back and listen. I'm not teaching it again. You'll have to go back and get that treasure laying there for you, waiting for you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And you can find it on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, uh, thecrosswaychurch.com. So go and, and look for it. You will be blessed. Because, listen, many today, let me say it again, I need to before we move on. You can fear God. You can fear the Lord, but it not be the fear of the Lord. Let's, let's look at this today in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord tends to life, gives life, maintains work, uh, 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 imparts life. The fear of the Lord now, this is, what is the fear of the Lord? It is the beginning of wisdom it is to hate evil it's we're going through this study i don't know how many sessions there'll be but the bible tells us what the what the fear of the lord where it comes from and what it does and what it causes and what it produces so here we'll see the fear of the Lord tends to life. Now, I have to do this. The Holy Spirit right now is directing me to go back to one of the things we mentioned yesterday in Nehemiah. And I believe it was in chapter 1, the last verse. He, he, says, he says in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 11. And listen to this now. And you'll find things like this throughout the Word of God. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name. Get that now. Who desire to fear your name. Now, let me see if I can find something in the scripture. Here's, here's another example of this the fear of the Lord is, is a working of the Holy Spirit. That is, a, that is concrete, absolute, because it's given to us in Isaiah 11 and 2. That one of the attributes, one of the, the, the fruits of the Spirit that rested on Christ when he came to save us, which is still the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Comforter, the Spirit of grace, all names of the third person of the Godhead is the Spirit of Christ. And the Spirit that rests even today on Christ is the same Spirit that we've been given that, dwe <coughs> that dwells in us. And one of the working attributes of the Holy Spirit is the fear of the Lord. Write that down. Go look at it. It's in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. But watch this now. 
in Psalms 34:11. Come ye children, hearken unto me. This is prophetically God speaking to you and me. Come ye children, hearken unto me and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Get this now. Do you have a desire to learn the fear of the Lord? Nehemiah did. Did, did you hear what, what we said a while ago? Nehemiah's prayer is, is this. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants <coughs> who desire to fear your name, to value your name properly, to value your will properly, to value the name of the Lord and the will of the Lord and the word of the Lord above all things is to give yourself to that, to the learning of that, to the learning, of, not, not 10 minutes every once in a while, the learning of that. Your life is consumed with a desire to know your Savior, to know your Lord, to know God. You're, you're, it, it's not your life is consumed with all these other things and every once in a while you have time for God. No, your life is consumed to learn the fear, the value, the worth of God and His plan for you right now in this time because right now is when you're here. Hallelujah. So, Let's get back to that. That was, that was fabulous. Proverbs 19 and 23. And what we just went off on, we call a rabbit trail, will help us now where we are. Proverbs 19 and 23. The fear of the Lord tends to life. Outside the fear of the Lord, there's no, the life is not being, the life of Christ is not being tended to. Get that. How do you, if you, if you <coughs> go out and you just plant a garden and you don't tend to it, it ain't going to produce what you need it to. Adam and Eve were put in a garden to tend it. Part of the tending of the garden was to keep intruders out, uh, to not listen to any other voices that would come into the garden and, 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 and say things contrary to the God who gave them the garden, put them in the garden, and told them literally just to tend the garden. So it's when you're tending to something, it means it has your attention. That means it has your attention, and, and that attention is causing something to happen. You're tending to it. So the fear of the Lord is what tends to life. Amen. And he that has it, the fear of the Lord shall abide satisfied. Well, Jesus is our life. Jesus is our abundant and everlasting life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to the Father other than me. And he meant that in, 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 he meant that in a greater way than we'll 
probably ever know. There's no way to pray to the Father. There's no way to get home to the Father. There's no way to worship the Father. There's no way that your giving of tithes and offerings is going to be accepted by the Father if it's not through me. And that means through faith in Him and what He did at Calvary. It's His death that opened, that made Him the door and God accessible to receive, for us to receive anything from God or from God for God to receive anything from us. There's one door my friend. There's one door. There's not two. I'll give to God through this avenue. I'll give to God. No, you'll give to God through faith in the death of Jesus or God won't be accepting what you're offering. You, you don't believe me. Go back and look at Cain and Abel and God hadn't changed his mind. God hadn't changed his mind. We can't give to God anything that he hasn't already given us. And the only thing he's given us is spiritually is his son on Calvary's tree. And when we give him anything, it's got to be through that faith, the same faith that that he lived by and that we live by. And if it's not, then we're just doing things to make ourselves feel good about what we're doing. But if it's like Abel, we bring to God what God had already given us, amen, then we offer the sacrifice of righteousness. We offer to God whatever we're doing, it's in the name of Jesus. Not by saying in the name of Jesus, it's in the name of of the Lord that we're learning to honor and reverence and fear and humble ourselves and value the, the, the worth of the name of Jesus. What is the name of Jesus worth to you? Is it worth your every moment's striving for the faith of the gospel? Do you understand the Bible says that we are supposed to be striving together for the faith of the gospel? Do you understand that the faith of the gospel is the same as the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us? We live by that faith. So we're not told to be found striving together for some other faith the faith of the gospel is the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, that God's people would come home. Oh, that God's people would stop touching the unclean thing so they could stop pretending in vain imaginations that God's doing this and God's doing that. If we would stop touching the unclean thing because we valued and honored and reverenced His holy name through faith in the sacrifice alone, that we could stop touching the unclean thing and as he told the church in Corinth then he would receive them <clears throat> he was talking to a church who was already born again and received by him through their faith in Christ but he was talking about come out from among them stop touching the unclean thing which is anything that's not the sacrifice of Christ that your faith is in and he promises that he will be our God, we'll be his people, and that he will be found walking in us, and that he will receive us. And that's not talking about initially receiving us, that's talking about showing his favor <clears throat> upon our lives. How does he do that? The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he reveals to them, makes known to them, 
his covenant. If he's not making known his covenant to us, we're not living. We might be going to church and doing this and doing that, but Christ is our life. Christ is our life. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. Listen, it's easy. Israel, go back and read it in 2 Kings chapter 17, as I brought out in the last session. You can be going through the motions with God and fearing God, but not walking in the fear of the Lord. They feared the Lord, yet they served idols. It says there, or I referenced 2 Kings chapter 17, they feared the Lord, but they disobeyed God. Do you know millions today bring money into churches because they fear the Lord, but they are not functioning in the fear of the Lord? To function in the fear of the Lord, your faith must be deliberately and consciously in the death of Jesus. You say, well, I don't know about that. That's because you don't understand the secret. The secret of the Lord. It, it's, listen, it's no longer a secret, but even though it's being revealed, it's rebelled against. It's, it's just like 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 11, that tells us that the Spirit of God always delivers us who are alive, meaning saved, unto death. Always. Well, I don't know about that. It's because you don't understand the secret. We won't, we won't, we won't feel all wooey and wooey and, and call the secret place something in our own vain imagination. Well, since we're talking about that this morning, and this is a Bible study, let's, let's just go see if we can find what the Bible says about the secret place. And there's so many scriptures there, but I want maybe we can find something in the book of, of Psalms. It's probably where we're going to find that. Psalms 91. Watch this now. Psalms 91 in verse 1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. See, God's got a secret place. You and I today know it is in Christ, but the secret of in Christ is faith in his death because that's really scripturally the only way into Christ is by trusting what he did in dying for our sins so we could be cleansed, forgiven, washed clean, made new creations in him. So watch now. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of of the Almighty, under the shadow. What was in the Old Covenant, what was the shadow of the Almighty? It wasn't clouds in the sky. No, it was the mercy seat on atop the Ark of the Covenant where the cherub wings were built and put over and it made a shadow over where the blood was poured out on the mercy seat. Why do you think it got dark when Jesus died? Mm, my goodness, do you feel that? Why do you think it got dark on the earth when Jesus died? Because it's the shadow of the Lord. It was, it was referencing where the shadow of the Lord had always existed in type and shadow in the Old Covenant. Under the cherub wings, there was a shadow, and it, that shadow, the cover, but it was the shadow 
of the Lord, the Almighty. And I love doing this. I love sharing this. The shadow of the Almighty. It takes some object to produce a shadow. And it says here, the shadow of the Almighty. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, it, there can't be a shadow unless there's something between the light and what's making the shadow. And I've shared this a thousand times. Let's do it again this morning. The light of God, the light of heaven, being always eternity behind us, is Christ. He's the light. He's the only light that's ever existed. And He, the light of God, has always shined from heaven onto the sacrifice that He would come and be and provide for us. The, the, the shadow of the Most High was the light of heaven that shined on the sacrifice of Christ that would one day be and everything behind in the Old Testament was a type and shadow of where God was dwelling in type and shadow in this where the blood was poured on the mercy seat uh, uh, on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Under the cherub wings there was a shadow and that shadow was produced by the Almighty. The Almighty dwelt in that place and the light from heaven shined on that place and the day that Christ came and gave himself on Calvary's cross and the light had always shined on the cross of Christ and made a shadow behind it of all that would one day be right here at the cross. When Jesus came and died on the cross, the light that he is and had always been shined through onto everything in the past. The old covenant then became a great, the great revelation of the one who is the light. Everything that had been the shadow now became light. So let's watch this again. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. If you're going to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you're going to be found abiding under the shadow of of the Almighty. And that means your heart was all wrapped up in what took place under that shadow of the Almighty. I hope you're getting this today. I hope you're understanding a little bit more of how precious the sacrifice of Christ really is and should be to us. And it's why the new, the, the, the Proverbs 19, rather, verse 23 says, the fear of the Lord tends to life. The fear of the Lord. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Amen. The secret of the Lord. Listen, this, we, I've seen titles of books about the secret place. The secret place is Calvary of revealed in Christ on the cross. That's the secret place. It's not some secret place in, in your closet or in your he shed or she shed or man cave or whatever. Those, those places 
are good for your communion and your worship, but it's not the spiritual secret place. The secret place, my friend, is Jesus and what he did at Calvary. That's the secret place. That's the secret of God. And it's been revealed in the person and the work, the life, and then the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. Hallelujah. This is the secret that you must have. And the Bible here in Proverbs 19 and 23 says, it's the fear of the Lord that tends to life. No wonder Nehemiah said, we have a desire to fear your name. No wonder the psalmist said, teach us to fear the Lord. No wonder the Lord through the psalmist said, come and I will teach you the fear of of the Lord. It's the Lord's. You, you and I don't have any value of God unless it's coming through our faith in Christ and Him crucified, which was the manifestation of Christ's value of God. I want to say that again. No one has ever feared God the way that the perfect man feared God. He is the epitome, if you will. He's the perfection of what it means to fear the Lord, fear God, value His worth. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane might have asked a couple of times, is there any way around this? Is there any way this cup can be taken from my hand? But the answer came from His own heart in that not my will, but thy will. And Jesus, the Bible says, Peter wrote it for us, that while he was reviled, he reviled not back. While he was threatened and being and, and, and suffering to a way that we can't fathom with our minds, he, he did not threaten back, he did not revile back, but he trusted, committed himself to the one who judges righteously. In Hebrews uh, chapter 5, let's go look at this this morning. Hebrews 5 and verse 7 says this, talking about Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, while he was on the earth in his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, was heard in that he feared Get this now. He, he was hurt. His prayer, the Bible, hallelujah to the Lamb. The Bible says that Christ was heard in that, in that he feared. And I've never really thought about this before, but it's a true statement. We can bear it out in much scripture, and that's this that it is the fear of the Lord. It is, remember Isaiah 11, 2, it is an attribute, it is one of the workings and experiences of the Holy Spirit at work in the life of a Christian who has their faith in the sacrifice of Christ. If, 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 the, if the working of the fear of the Lord, not fearing God, fearing the Lord, but the fear of the Lord is a work of the Holy Spirit, then we know our faith has to have been at least initially when we were born again in the death of Jesus because no one else receives the Holy Spirit. So outside of being in Christ saved through believing in his death for the forgiveness of, of our sins, there is not going to be a fear 
of the Lord because it is of the Spirit of the Lord. And Isaiah 11:2, I keep saying that, hoping you'll write it down, you'll go look at it, not just listen to some preacher somewhere telling you something, you just taking it all in. If you're doing that with me, you probably do it with anybody. So take notes, go look these things up for yourself so that you can't be moved away from the focus of what God wants you to focus on, which is the only thing he's focused on as it's pertaining to men and the redemption he's offered. Them. Hallelujah. So watch this now. The fear of the Lord tends to life. The fear of the Lord. Your value of the Lord, the worth that you're giving God. We can stand around all day long and say worthy is the lamb and then go live like the devil. We can come to church two or three times a week saying worthy is the lamb, just like Israel feared God, but they also feared other gods. Israel, the Bible says, feared God, but they disobeyed God. It says it in plain English. I mean, in 2 Kings chapter 17, you read it when we're done, and you'll be amazed if you didn't listen to the last session. Please go do that. The fear of the Lord tends to life. It's the fear of the Lord that tends to life. And this is why the fear of the Lord is, is the value of God's worth. Jesus was heard when he was praying in that he feared, in that he valued God's plan, which included his death for the sins of humanity. He, he was heard in that he feared. He valued the plan of God. Not my will, but thy will. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. He, Jesus, humbled himself in a perfect humility and became obedient in a perfect obedience unto death, which was the perfect death, the perfect sacrifice that God offered to perfect all those that would believe upon him, the one he offered on Calvary's tree. Hallelujah. My goodness, if this doesn't excite you, then you might need to ask God to help you learn the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because if you do, he's going to start pointing you to Calvary. Because there and only there can you learn the fear of the Lord, the value of God's worth. And every person on the planet gives God an est in our own hearts. We estimate the value of God's worth. And we're either doing that based on the word of God in its righteous context, which will allow the Holy Spirit to teach us the fear of the Lord, or we're doing it through some other avenue. And that's why it's not what it should be. That's why our attention on him is not what it should be. That's why we're found limited in our spiritual growth because we're limiting the one who can bring about the spiritual growth. That's, that's powerful and it's true. So watch this again now. The fear of the Lord tends to lie and he that has it shall abide satisfied. Are you ready to abide satisfied? Are you ready to abide satisfied? He shall not be visited with evil. Let's look the word visited up together this morning and see what it means. He shall not be visited with evil. Let's look here and see. It means that he's going to be untouched from trouble. He's going to be protected from harm. He's not going to be charged with evil. 
He's not going to be visited. Listen, in the fear of the Lord is a strong confidence. Get this now. Let's, let's turn over to, let's go back a few chapters. Proverbs 14, I think it is, verse 26 and 27. Watch now the beauty of learning the fear of the Lord. Because, as I've said, people fear God and do things the Bible says to do, but it's because of a wrong fear. And that's why they can be found in that place, fearing, fear, fearing God, but also living in the world as they're a part of the world. Because fearing God is not the same as the fear of the Lord. It's proved in the Bible because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And Israel feared God, but they didn't hate evil because they served false gods. At the same time, they feared God. They feared other gods, and they were commanded not to fear other gods. You'll see all that in 2 Kings chapter 17, verses 32 through the rest of that chapter. Hope you took a note there. 2 Kings 17, thir verses 32 through the rest of that chapter there. You'll see that there. How there is a difference between fearing God and having the fear of God, the fear of the Lord. It's very important you know this. Watch this in Proverbs 14. Uh, yes, Proverbs chapter 14, verses 26 and 27. In... In, in, the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. <clears throat> the fear of the Lord is going to give you the experience of the Lord as your refuge. That strong confidence we're not talking about a cave in the mountain or a shack in the hills of Montana. We're talking about strong confidence in the Lord is your place of refuge. But this strong confidence in the Lord is produced by the fear of the Lord, which again commands us to understand and to know that this is a work of the Holy Spirit. This is a work of the Holy Spirit. How else do we know? Let's keep reading the next verse in Proverbs 14, verse 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Who is our life? Jesus said he is the life. There is no other. He's our fountain of life because he poured his blood out as the fountain of that allows us to drink freely. Jesus said, if you don't drink my blood and eat my flesh, you have no life within you. Hallelujah. He is our fountain of life. Listen, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. The fear of the Lord, our value properly placed on God, which can only be done through faith in His Son and His Son's work on the cross, that's where we find the fountain of life pouring out unto us. Watch. To depart from the snares of death. When you trusted in the death of Jesus for the 
salvation of your soul, the forgiveness of your sins, your entrance into the kingdom of God, into Christ, to, to be forgiven, to be made new in Christ Jesus, to be justified, to, for, to be at peace with God now. And, and the list is forever eternally long, but you tasted of this fountain of life. At the same time, you were being delivered from the snares of death. The death that was caused by sin. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. To hear that makes me immediately have to say, Lord, teach me the fear of the Lord. I need this fountain of life, hallelujah. His name is Jesus. The fountain is his blood, glory be to God. I was, I, I was delivered, I departed from the snare, the trap of death because Jesus crushed the head of the one who had the power of death in his own death on Calvary's tree, hallelujah. Glory be to God. My goodness, this is good. Back to Proverbs 19. I hope you're taking notes and that you'll look at these things on your own time later. The fear of the Lord tends to life because in it you received a strong confidence of the Lord. He became your refuge. In it you find the fountain of life. Amen. It, the fear of the Lord tends to life because it is a, a fountain of life that allowed you to depart from death. You and I were dead in our sins and trespasses. Dead. We weren't just in a world of darkness. The book of Ephesians tells us that we were the darkness, my friend. We were sin. We were sinners. We were the sins that we were committing. We weren't just committing sins. What we were committing in our lost state is who we were. We were sinners committing sins of who we were. So when we get saved by trusting in the death, the shed blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross, it's not just forgiveness of all that we've ever done that's sinful. It's forgiveness of who we were. And it's a deliverance from death, which is who we were. You were dead. You were death. In your sins. My goodness. We were dead, but we've been delivered. We've escaped from the snares of death through this fountain of life. And the fear of the Lord is this fountain of life. The fear of the Lord, my friends, is where we experience this fountain of life and this escape even not just our initial deliverance from death but get this our moment by moment escape from the reaches of death remember the child of God can be dead Paul said I was alive once without the law that means when he was born again get that don't listen to these folks that talk Paul uh, that teach Paul was talking about uh, that was before he was saved no 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 he was never alive with or without the law until he believed on Christ, he was dead in his sins without Christ. And the law never made him alive. So he said, I was alive once without the law. This is Romans chapter 7 verse 9. I was alive once without the law. 
But when the commandment came, the sin nature, the word sin there, sin revived, that's the noun, that's the old man, that's the sin nature, revived and I died. That means he began to walk in an unfruitful place. Get this now. He admitted, I couldn't do what I know I should have done. I couldn't stop doing what I know I shouldn't have been doing. But then the revelation of the cross came to Paul. He said, thanks be to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. That means through faith in his death. The church of Sardis was told by Jesus through the apostle John, you're dead. Think about that. Born again, spirit-filled. Busy about the things of God, but Jesus says to them in the letter through John, the church of Sardis, Revelation chapter 3, verse 1, you have a name that you're alive, you have this appearance that you're alive, you got a lot going on, but you're dead. Dead. In the church of Galatia, chapter Galatians 5, verses 1 through 4, Paul has to tell them, rather the Holy Spirit through Paul tells them, you've fallen from grace, you're you're no longer functioning by grace. This is a dead place. This is a place where now works can only be dead works and faith is not the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ because if it was, they wouldn't be being told they'd fallen from grace. Sardis wouldn't be told they're dead if they were living by the faith of the Son of God who loved them and gave himself for them. Think about that. So the fear of the Lord tends to life and the fear of the Lord is our escape from death. Not just initial being dead in sins and on our way to hell, but now it's our escape, it's our escape moment by moment from the sin nature who can revive and dominate us even through good things that we're doing if that's what our faith is in. But when our faith from our heart is deliberately in the death of Jesus. And you're, you're accepting your assigned and designated place as a child of God as to forever be beholding the Lamb. Then you've accepted the truth that God, the Holy Spirit, always delivers us unto death you say, well, I, I've never heard that. I, I don't hear preachers preaching on that. Well, your Lord wants to know why they're not. Well, how do you know? Who are you? I'm just somebody that loves the truth. That's all. But I've got a Bible right here, and it's truth. And I value it more than I do my own thoughts or opinions or any other preachers in the world. God says that His Spirit delivers us who are alive always unto death. And you say, it's for Jesus' sake, the Bible says, so that we can, if that's where our faith is, we can express this Jesus his life in and through these mortal bodies. Get this now. Why hadn't I heard this? Why, why do I not know this? Why am I doubting that? Because I don't understand the secret and the true secret place. My friend, the Bible says God the Holy Spirit delivers his people always unto death. That means the first view in every situation is the sacrifice of Christ and you being sacrificed there 
crucified, rather. Not, we, we weren't, listen, let's get this right today. We weren't sacrificed with Christ. We were crucified with him. He was sacrificed for us. We were crucified with him. That means he represented us there as the last Adam. And because we were all dead, he died for all. 2 Corinthians 5.14 And because he died for all, we realize all were dead. And there's where our judgment remains right there. And the Bible says there in 2 Corinthians 5 and 14, that's the way that we're constrained because that is our judgment. The love of Christ constrains us, holds us the course, holds us together, hallelujah, keeps us, glory be to God, because that's our judgment, and that's our judgment because that's our view. Behold the Lamb. Behold if you're not, listen, if you're not constantly viewing the Lamb, what He did for you at Calvary, then you are not seeing what the Holy Spirit is delivering you to, and therefore there is no way that you and I can go from glory to glory without beholding this glorious image that we're being changed into. And you know, the Lord's really been impressing on my heart lately is when people say, why do y'all have to always talk about the cross? Why, why do you think that you always have to talk about being turned over unto death? My friend, the, one, the main reason is because it's in the Bible. And another reason is, is because that's where everything happens. That's where everything began. That's where everything is happening, and that's where everything will be finished. In the same place Jesus finished it, on the cross. I hope you, you know, while the church screams out, why do you think you have to always talk about the cross and us being delivered unto death? My friends, you're God. If you're a Christian, you're God. Your Lord wants to know why you're not listening to these things always because it is scripture and if we're not looking it also proves second corinthians 4 11 proves that if we're not looking at everything in our lives as it is reflected from the lamb's sacrifice for us we're not seeing everything properly not ourselves not our families not our situations not anything we're either beholding the Lamb and the reflection that is there. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, as in a mirror, a reflection. Again, the people, the church today, well, why do you always think you have to bring the cross into everything? Because God brings the cross into everything. That's where he delivers you to Every moment of your being, child of God, Job 7, 18, says that he tries us every moment. Where do you think it is he's trying us? Oh, you thought it was at home with your spouse or on your job with Sister Bucket Mouth. You, you thought it was in the church with Miss Big Hairdo that's all, oh, no, no, no. There's one place that you're tried. 
And that's at Calvary because that's where your Lord is delivering you unto always for Jesus' sake. You want to find living your life for Jesus' sake? You got to be beholding the cross of Christ. The death of Jesus. You've got to be beholding that at all times. And we wonder how we could have got so far off track to make excuses for preachers that won't point there always, won't speak on it always. Won't, you know why they're not seeing it in the scriptures? Because it's not what they're beholding. And if they're not beholding it, they're sure not going to be preaching it. Paul, this is why Paul said. Woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. Woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. When will we stop letting money and people and positions and fame, denominations that men made up, rule our lives, control us, keep squeezing the life out of us? When will we return to the place where we're all beholding the Lamb and allowing Him to be the very life of our families, our ministries, where the unity can be real unity, the unity of the faith of the Son of God. The fear of the Lord tends to the life who is the Lord. And he that has it shall abide satisfied. Are you abiding satisfied? We're coming into the Christmas season, my friend. This is December the 11th, a couple more weeks. What is it? be Christmas, two weeks from today. Do you know millions of people, Christians, people that claim to know God, claim to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, Go through the Christmas season grieving and mourning and sad and really oppressed. And it's because they either don't know they have to continue to behold the Lamb always because that's what their God is delivering them unto always or they're refusing to. Most all of the oppression during the holidays is based on what we don't have in the sense of this world's mammon. What we don't have based on what the neighbors have. What we didn't get to do based on what the neighbors got to do. What our ministries don't have that other ministries have. It's all based, for the most part, it's based on mammon. Or even if it's, listen, even if the oppression is due to having lost loved ones in your life. Behold the Lamb. There is no other answer from heaven other than the Lamb that was slain to receive all the riches and the glory and the honor and all the praise, all that God has to offer you. The Lamb was slain to receive so that He could distribute unto you all that you need Moment by moment, every moment, God is trying you. Job said that in, in chapter 7, verse 17 and 18. Do you think that's just Old Testament scripture and it's not for the New Testament? 
if our God wasn't trying us every moment, He wouldn't always being delivering. He wouldn't always be delivering us every moment to the death of Christ. But He has to, because that's for Jesus' sake, so that we'll remember that's where we died and became the new creation, the only part of us that can express Christ. What's in the cross? What's in the death of Jesus? A new creation. And anything that's a part of the new creation will never perish. So there's your answer for what's in the cross. It's the new creation. And anything that's a new creation will never perish. Praise be to God. The fear of the Lord tends to life. The fear of the Lord tends, maintains the life you have in Christ Jesus. And he that has it, he's going to abide satisfied right through the Christmas holidays, whether he's sitting at home looking out his window, maybe wishing he could get together with family, maybe wishing he, he'd had a family, but thanking God that he's got Christ Jesus who is his life right there. Right there in that state of being by yourself without somebody, knowing that with Christ you have everything that you need. Look at that place your God is delivering you to and you'll see the beauty of His holiness, the great, the great substance of His grace and mercy. Look at that that He is delivering you unto and you'll find yourself being changed into that by the Spirit of the Lord going from glory to glory, walking and beholding the Lamb on this journey we've been given with our Savior all the way to the finish line. My goodness, it's been a great session today. It's been a great lesson today. I hope that your heart has been touched by the Holy Spirit, that He's been able to knock on the door of your heart with these great truths and, and that you would allow Him to penetrate into your heart these great truths so that your heart can be full of his joy and you can find your feet on the path that he has set before you. Oh, behold the lamb, my friends. Behold the lamb, my friends. There you'll see the God that loves you and is with you and that has prepared for you an eternity with him. And it all begins right now, in this very moment right here. And He wants you to know these things. There will have to be changes made. There will always have to be changes made. As He makes interchanges, He expects us to walk in certain changes on the outside that will always require repentance. God, I'm sorry for making this something I shouldn't have. God, I'm sorry for looking at everything other than what you put before me to look at. God, I'm sorry. I'm returning to the heart of worship, your heart, with the new heart you gave me to worship as I behold the Lamb. Praise be to God. I'm so thankful you found us on social media somewhere, and I encourage you to help publish the word of the Lord. 
to a lost world and a very much backslidden church that's looking at everything other than the Lamb. Share these teachings on social media, however, wherever you can do that. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. And just because I'm not a part of some local assembly that you're a part of doesn't mean that you can't share these teachings. We don't need to have a competitive spirit. We need to be where the Lamb is the focus. And we need to be sharing the, the teaching sessions and the messages that are all focused on the cross of Christ. There's where we need to be, and there's where we need to be publishing what's being taught. The focus of the Lamb. Praise be to God. I encourage you, pray for this ministry as we surely pray that the Lord's touch be upon everything that's pertaining to you. And let me say this. God has done amazing things in your life. And today is another day that he can do more amazing things in your life through the imparting of his grace, multiplying of his grace and peace into your heart, into your heart and upon all that pertains to you. If the Lord stirs your heart to sow into the ministry here by giving him an offering, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. And a special thank you to all of those of you who are helping us put Expositor's Study Bibles into the hands of the inmates across this land. Ten every week. We just passed the 2700 mark. That's good for a little local church and all of those who are involved in that. You can do that at, 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 at simply texting the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. One of the uh, uh, opportunities there is Bibles to Inmates. It takes $40 to put a Bible into the hand of an inmate. So I encourage you, pray about that. And I know the Lord will guide you properly. Praise the Lord. I love you. The Lord loves you. And I love sitting around God's word with those that love his truth. Praise the Lord. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. We'll see you then.